restaurant industry has never been known as very technologically forward, but many restaurant companies are trying to change that to the point where they're actually buying technology companies. Hello, I'm Jonathan Mays, executive editor with Restaurant Business Magazine, and in this week's edition of A Deeper Dive, I chat with my colleague Peter Romeo about this trend and what it means for the restaurant industry. It means a lot of very significant changes. In recent weeks, McDonald's has acquired an Israeli company called Dynamic Yield, which promises to personalize its drive through menus in a $300 million deal. It more recently invested in a mobile software company called Plexure. Other companies have done the same thing. Last year, Yum Brands invested $200 million in Grubhub, and then it bought Quick Order, an online order service. Other chains, such as Subway, have also used its cash to buy technology or technological capabilities in recent years. As I talk with Peter, we believe that this trend could continue to happen more and more and spark major changes in the restaurant industry going forward. So here's Peter. Okay, I am here with Peter Romeo. Peter, welcome again. Uh, thanks, Jonathan. Good to be back with you. Uh, so uh, this uh, over the past uh, week, we've seen McDonald's buy an Israeli company that will make it uh, give it uh, some fancy drive through menu boards, dynamic yield. And uh, then just uh, yesterday bought a uh, mobile app company software company or uh, invested in a mobile app software company out of New Zealand. We've seen a little bit more of this uh, uh, restaurant companies basically pulling out some cash and investing in, in, in some technology. Oh, indeed. Um, and I think we're going to see a, a, a lot more of it in the near term. Um, it, it just makes a lot of sense. Um, mm -hmm. uh, as uh, technology becomes more important to the restaurant industry, um, it's really a, an advantage to, uh, to own some of these outfits you know, not only do you get first dibs, um, but there's also the preemptive aspect. Um, I know in talking mm -hmm. to the folks uh, at Yum about some of the acquisitions they've made, and, or, or the investments, I should say, uh, one was an out-and-out -out, uh, uh, acquisition, the other was uh, an investment, um, but uh, part of the reason why the company did that was to keep the other guys out um, or to mm -hmm. jump ahead. Um, this is kind of a, a scramble to form these strategic alliances, and there's no stronger strategic alliance than having skin in the game. Um, mm -hmm. I know I've asked a lot of um, uh, the executives of these companies, why are you doing that? You know, the, the pendulum seems to swing from stick to your knitting to sort of diversifying a, look, a little and seeing what's over the next hill and trying to claim that ground. And we're definitely in that latter mode. But... One of the things that they say that is interesting is that there are a lot of similarities in terms of the restaurant industry and technology, which you'd never kind of intuitively guess. Um, uh, as they say, it's all about interfacing with that, ultimately, that consumer. Um, and that some of the sensibilities and some of the um, DNA that allows you to sort of read what the consumer wants and to respond to that also rolls over pretty easily into tech, which I never would have thought, but I guess it's a matter of ease of operation. Um, uh, so, so there's that sense as well, but yeah, we, we've seen a ton of it. I mean, uh, when you look at, um, uh, the formation of some, uh, uh, investment concerns, some private equity concerns, um, uh, 
with um, uh, even Danny Meyer doing that, you know, with uh, uh, putting together some uh, capital to invest in some technology. Um, so it's certainly it's certainly something we're going to see more of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's. Uh... I mean, I think the big the big ones. I mean, you mentioned Young Brands. They they bought Quick Order and and invested it in Grubhub last year. McDonald's now uh, doing that. These were its first two real uh, investments or acquisitions in in many years. Um, and and of course, in smaller ones. I mean, I think uh, you know we've seen um, uh, Tillman Fertitta actually um, sort of buy do a reverse merger with with a delivery company. And and you're right. I mean. Technology has become so important in the restaurant space. There's almost an arms race right now mm -hmm. with uh, some of these larger concepts to make their more chains and their concepts more tech savvy or or or, te and, or and to add technology into into their restaurants is becoming it's really going to be interesting to see what happens going forward because it, it just I mean these big companies are are just really throwing a lot of money. I mean, the, the, the dynamic yield acquisition was $300 million. Mm -hmm. Young Brands, you know, invested $200 million in, in Grubhub last year. Um, and you, you sort of wonder, I mean, is Restaurant Brands International going to do something? Could we see Inspire Brands do something? Could we see an even bigger acquisition down the line? Uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting what's, what's happening in the restaurant space. Oh, no doubt about it. And, and, Actually, the hypothetical questions that you throw out there, you know, will we see uh, Restaurant Brands International? I bet yes. Um, mm -hmm. Inspire Brands, I definitely bet uh, bet yes there, um, given the background of Paul Brown coming from the technology world. Uh, uh, and, and they are a very forward-looking company. Um, and, of course, you know, we've sort of got this on a quiet version with Domino's, with some of the things mm -hmm. that they did with their POS system. I mean, they didn't necessarily buy a tech company, but it really is a proprietary piece of tech that they um, that they developed. Um, so, yeah, um, it, it's interesting. We seem to be at an inflection point, too. You mentioned some of those dollars, um, uh, some of those investments. It's no longer a matter of finding some garage operation that has a new widget that looks kind of promising that just perfectly fits a business. Now it's a matter of locking into some of these powerhouses um, that might not be household names, but in the tech world are very well respected. Um, uh, so, yeah, it, it definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, the thing that I don't have a handle on, admittedly, and uh, something to watch is um, you look at the restaurant industry five years ago, three years ago even, and there wasn't a lot of tech expertise there. And <laughs> all of a sudden with these companies is part of the uh, motivation to indeed buy talent, to buy knowledge. Um, and I would have to think that that's the case, um, mm -hmm. uh, not only for today, but also to to anticipate what's coming down the pike. So we might not only have an arms race, but also a talent contest to see who's going to lock in to these um, tech brains um, uh, to fill a, a what would otherwise be a gap. Uh, in in, um, uh, in in their in their 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 bench, mm -hmm. right, right. I, I, you know, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that what's happened in really the past five years in the restaurant space has been extraordinary. I mean, I you hear it over and over and over again that there's been more change in the restaurant space these past five years than in the previous thirty. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's 
and and you know so to and i think that if they bring these these if they make investments they get closer to the, the issue that which which young brands did with grubhub or they make the acquisitions which it did with quick order and with mcdonald's did with dynamic yield you know they really are bringing more of the expertise in house giving themselves more options they're not just you know keeping other keeping competitors out which is certainly of course a, a consideration i mean i think uh, the mcdonald's deal this week essentially included a a provision that that the company that it's investing in um uh plexure uh out of new zealand uh, that they can't work with any of mcdonald's competitors mm-hmm. um many of these delivery deals have similar situations um but it, you know it's bringing that talent in house and 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 sort of reducing some of the barriers towards getting the technology implemented. And I think you brought up the Domino's example, and that's perfect because they developed their own POS system and really demonstrated what kind of benefits a company can get when it can do this stuff itself and it doesn't have to work with a third-party vendor. And um, it can really very quickly add new functionality to the app uh, which it gets marketing benefits, you know, things like, um, you know, adding, you know, developing a software program for the Apple Watch, for instance, is relatively easy for them to do. They can implement things very quickly. And I think other companies see that. And I think Starbucks has also sort of demonstrated mm-hmm. what it's like when you can do that. And and other companies see what it's like. And, you know, frankly, if you're a McDonald's or you're a Yum Brands and if you have some extra cash sitting around, you can, you can, you can, you can buy the company. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when you look at all the audacious moves that Domino's has made in the last decade, whether it was changing its advertising or um, some of the moves it's made, the changeover to a um, consistent POS system, a POS system that's consistent across the system, is unbelievable. When you talk with other chains, you know, the the notion of doing that, that is truly a me- a moonshot given how many heritage things are out there. Um, so yeah, absolutely. And it has certainly put them in good stead. Um, no doubt about it. Um, you know, it, there are a lot of kind of little implications to this whole thing. You know, one of the things that a brand like McDonald's enjoyed or Domino's or you name it, um, uh, any company of scale is of course the leverage that they could exert given the size of the purchase, the size of the customer they were. And yet in these instances, that doesn't seem to be as important as locking in as an owner. It's almost as if um, these tech companies think in such a large scale that um, just because you're, uh, you have the deep pockets of a McDonald's doesn't mean that you're going to get preferential treatment necessarily. So, so that's, that's really, really interesting. And, of course, the other thing that's interesting is does this, how does this affect uh, the rules of competition? Yes, uh, McDonald's <laughs> is um, blocking some competitors from doing it. But um, these companies, as they grow, might they offer their services to non-competing brands or perhaps even a competitor? I mean, we've gone through that with the soft drink companies when Pepsi owned uh, uh, what's now Yum, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. they tried to sell outside the system. So there's a lot of very interesting things. Um, And and I guess the question that I have kind of as an unofficial historian of the business is, Um, I think this will last a long time, but at what point will the pendulum swing the other way and these entities will be spun off the way that restaurant chains at one point own their own distribution companies and spun them off 
or their own equipment companies and spun them off. Um, so, you know, that'll probably be down the road a bit, but probably a long ways down the road. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard for me to imagine. Like if an activist investor comes and looks at McDonald's and it would say, well, why do you own this company? Or why do you own this uh, this right. this menu board company? This doesn't make any sense. Why do you own it? You should spin it off. Um, it has much more potential on its own. Uh, so it can work with a number of different companies and not just you. Um, and that technology is fascinating, by the way. It's going to make uh, the drive-through menu boards look, uh, you know, act much more like um, the, uh, the uh, an internet site, like an Amazon. I mean, it's, you know, the the term is the Amazon uh, Amazonian or Amazonian of of the of of the drive-through, um, which which is which is you know an interesting scenario going forward but it's hard for me to imagine you know um and you know an, an activist not wanting them to to, to spin it off um yeah, absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely um yeah and and that's exactly it um uh and the other thing is that for these companies the, the tech um entity there's a lot of opportunity beyond the, that one chain so mm -hmm. uh, uh there's sort of a rationale for that um, right but you bring up the McDonald's technology, the drive-through technology. You know, it was only a few years ago that we were marveling over the turnaround that Popeyes engineered at its drive-throughs, and what were the, the the assets that drove that? Better microphones, stopwatches, um, things like that. And now we're talking about a capability of uh, customizing that a pitch, customizing what's uh, presented to the customer. You know, based on a variety of, of, of factors, including just what will help the operations. Uh, it, it, it's stunning to me how quickly we're moving in that direction. It, it's, it's just um, uh, truly right. a little bit of future, future shock. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's I mean, from a, a reporter standpoint, this is certainly one of the most interesting times to be covering the industry, given how much change is going on and, and, and the amount of innovation that we're seeing. Um, and, and frankly, the millions, hundreds of millions of dollars we're seeing being thrown at these particular issues, um, actually probably billions if you, you count delivery and all that, um, you know, really, really sort of changing, you know, how restaurants interact with customers and, and, and all that. It's, you know, it's, it's really fascinating. Uh, you, you mentioned competition. And I think that one of the, one of the big issues that I think is going on. And I think as we see all of these companies actually literally spending hundreds of millions of dollars to do things like, drive-through menus and making their mobile apps fancier is it, it's really sort of putting this arms race that we're seeing is sort of putting some distance i think between the largest chains certainly in the fast food business and really mid-sized and smaller companies and, and it's making it really tougher for the for the little guy to keep pace oh there's no doubt about it it, it is a um, uh, it can be a huge advantage to have access uh, exclusive access in many instances to that kind of technology. And yeah, it comes down to just uh, how deep your pockets are. Um, now, that having been said, I think we look two steps down the road. The restaurant industry is a business of constant disruption. And every time it seems like there's no new 
innovation that could uh, be a game changer, something pops up, whether it's uh, Starbucks or uh, uh, Shake Shack or what what have you. So I think that there will be uh, a chance for the smaller guys to come back. It's just going to take a while. And the wild card to this, the unknown to this is for startups that go the other way, that start with a technology and go into the business, although that's a tougher route, I think we might see some of those or start seeing as the uh, sort of um, expertise, the technological expertise of restaurant executives deepens uh, where you can have people leaving a big operation um, with a new idea that combines food service and technology, um, that's where you're going to see the innovation. So, um, But indeed, I think near term, it's going to be a matter of the big guys. This, this adds a little topspin to their uh, uh, front-running position. Um, uh, but down the road, I think that there will be some equalization. Um, uh, but for right now, I wouldn't want to be a small a guy with a great idea um, but not a lot of pockets trying to make it with sweat equity. Right, right. In, in you know, one other way they could have they could keep pace, of course, is by merging, as as we're seeing with Inspire Brands and, and many other smaller companies. A, a notable one was the Modern Market yeah, Lemonade yeah. deal that we podcasted last week. And you know, I mean, it's it's to me, you, you see down the road, and you you see this need for for this more consolidation, in part because companies have to keep pace on the technology front. Oh, no doubt about it. Absolutely, positively. Uh, you know, I I I think we're already seeing um, kind of glimmers of that happening. I mean, not only do we have um, these new holding companies emerging. Um, uh, like Inspire is sort of the poster child for it, but there are certainly an, a number of others. But I think we're also going to see some interesting uh, collaborative efforts. Um, one of the comments that um, Steve Joyce, CEO of uh, Applebee's parent, uh, Dine Brands Global, made to me, I was asking him about uh, delivery, and of course delivery is huge to, uh, to his brands, not only Applebee's but IHOP. Uh, and I asked him about self-delivery, and he said, well, it's uh, something we can't do on our own, so we're probably going to partner with uh, other brands, non-competing brands, and we're already sort of exploring that. And, you know, mm. that's kind of a stunner um, because it's it's suggesting in terms of um, where there is opportunity uh, or symbiosis, um, companies might sort of pursue that. And it, it, there's no reason it couldn't be for a, a technology purpose as well. So, um, so it... I guess overall, it just underscores that all of a sudden the industry is in a bit of a Wild West scenario where um, brands are going far afield to, to, to do something that we th would have thought was really strange five or ten years ago, but they're doing it with success. And there's going to be a lot of stuff that shakes out from this whole movement into technology. Right, right. Yeah, I I think uh, it's a lot is going to happen before before this ends. I sort of wonder, and maybe and most of them I think are, are maybe a little bit too expensive. But you sort of wonder if down the road we might see a restaurant company buying a delivery provider or something like that. If we if we could see say Yum Brands, you know, go deeper with 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 Grubhub, for instance, or or something yeah. along those lines, is and uh, where where they. Uh, or even buying a larger uh, technology company um, and 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 bringing that stuff in house because 
uh, they can definitely see the benefit. And, and this is definitely where the restaurant space is, is heading. You, you wonder if we're going to see something bigger like that. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of surprised we haven't. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Maybe not so much an acquisition, but a merger. I mean, it would have to be a party of scale um, uh, either way. Um, but, you know, I, I would imagine that this thought has flitted across the minds of both McDonald's and the third-party deliverers of the world. You know, when they were looking for um, uh, for scale and they were looking for uh, instant market penetration to beat out their competition, um, you know, Boy, McDonald's has a lot of outlets out there, and uh, 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 no doubt it's it's uh, uh, certainly a, a, the leader in the burger segment. So, you know, gosh, would it would it have been so far fetched to see one of the big players um, ponying up with or, or partnering with a McDonald's, um, maybe exclusive in the burger category with them, but well, they could do some other brands as well. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, one thing we haven't talked about, Jonathan, was also, too, you know, the whole blurring of the lines between restaurants and the retail sector, um, the mm-hmm. retail sector being so far ahead of the restaurant industry and embracing technology. I would have to think that that's going to be um, a bit of a kick in the pants for the industry as well in terms of the bars being raised. I mean, I think about uh, Amazon. I, I just came home and, and found outside uh, my door um, uh the groceries that my wife delivered from uh, uh, Amazon um, Prime, um, and I was sitting there last night with her over dinner, and I don't remember her making a call, so it had to be over the internet, and that's our week's groceries, and uh, um, you know that's that's kind of an old school example, but you look at some of the things they're doing, like with Amazon Go, and my God, you know they're they're far ahead of us, so it, it's a very interesting thing to watch. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, the industry has to, 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 you know, push forward this, this, these, these innovations and this technology simply because, I mean, the Amazon deal in particular was, was sort of a wake up call that, that restaurants have to, um, have to really embrace this technology, have to embrace things like delivery and online ordering and things like that, because it's only going to get more and more competitive and the lines that you mentioned are only going to continue to blur. Um, and, uh, and because, you know, it's not, it's, it's not that for much further afield to start seeing Amazon delivering full prepared meals from whole foods and, and things like that. So, I mean, with with the way the retail sector is is pushing in into this area, it, restaurants really have no choice but to do this. And right. and uh, of course, that's why you see hundreds of millions of dollars being spent on things like drive through menu board. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah, they, the restaurant industry doesn't want to become the stagecoach business um, when the railroad is arriving. Um, and so you got to play in that arena. Um, and and of course, the other thing is that. Is that um, not only are customers being accustomed to that and looking for it, but also employees are too. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. used to this type of thing, and and they want to be in that environment, and that it's it's less far afield for them than um, the old school restaurant operations with no technology would be. So, mm-hmm. so one one last question: as the unofficial historian of the restaurant space. Have you seen a period in which we've had this much change 
And have you seen, have you, has, has this, have we seen, uh, is this, are we right in saying that there's been more industry, more change in the industry the past five years than the previous 30? I think there's no doubt about it. I think that the um, Great Depression shook up the business and sort of changed sensibilities, both on the part of the industry and the part of consumers. Um, we had uh, uh, competitors that, um, uh, you know, since I've been in the business, 30 years has always been the talk about, oh, the supermarkets are going to arise and really give restaurants a run for their money. And retailers never really did until recently. Um, you've got technology coming into play. You've got demographics. So you've got a lot of factors. Um, and so we're truly in a Darwinian period where it's a struggle to survive. I mean, look mm -hmm. at how many bankruptcies we've seen. And right. it, it's either uh, evolve or fade. And so I do not I cannot recall it. The only thing that comes close and that was really. Um, an expansion story more than anything was probably in the 70s, early 80s, when uh, the, the chains were going great guns and just cranking out units. But that was pretty much just uh, repetitive motion of opening stores, not the sort of leaping around that we're seeing now. Uh, I mean, just look at McDonald's and what they've done. We would have been committed if we had said 10 years ago that McDonald's is going to switch to fresh beef. It just seemed like it was <laughs> illogical. And and now look at it. I mean, uh, that is going to become uh, eventually the new standard. Um, and technology, right. no doubt, is the enabler in terms of where we've come. Um, you know, I, I recently attended a, a conference and they noted that uh, third party delivery was unknown until 2013. And here we are just six years later and, uh, you know, 50 billion in, in sales. Um, so uh, it, it's just it's just stunning. All right. Thank you, sir, for joining me again this week. Uh, my pleasure. Anytime, Jonathan. Really enjoyed it. Last month, McDonald's informed the National Restaurant Association that it would stop lobbying against increases in the minimum wage. The decision illustrates the changing climate around such increases. McDonald's move will likely have little impact, as I wrote about this week after talking with Joe Kefauver from Align Public Strategies. The simple fact is the minimum wage is going up in many states, including many red states, and in McDonald's home state of Illinois, because that's what the public wants. McDonald's and most of its franchisees pay higher than minimum wages anyway, because that's the only way they're going to be able to get workers. McDonald's wants to improve its image, and it wants to be seen as more progressive. To do that, it had to be seen getting out of the way of an issue that many in the public want to see happen. Still, the challenge for the company is that many of the people running its restaurants would rather the minimum wage not be increased because they're the ones that have to make the profit. That could be a risk at a time when McDonald's is trying to ease tensions that have built in the franchisee base over the past year. And that's it for this week's edition of A Deeper Dive, which was edited by Christine Cawthon. Artwork by Nico Hines and Sarah Stewart. Contributors to this podcast include Peter Romeo, Sarah Rushworth, Pat Kobe, and Heather Lally. You can find this and other episodes on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash podcast. Or you can find them on iTunes, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio. I'm Jonathan Mays, your host and podcast producer. Thank you for listening.